0: Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast guys. Hey, we're just throwing in a bonus episode during the week because we both found out during these lockdowns we've watched so much more content and some of that content we've watched was the Netflix series Camp Cretaceous or should I say Jurassic World's Camp Cretaceous. I watched it first and then I made Arzif watch it because it was thoroughly entertaining. So we thought, hey, why don't we jump on here and do a little deep dive over the course of season one and season two. So pack your bags and join us for a little adventure on Isla Nublar for Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous on the next episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Now it's recording. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so back to the world of Jurassic World slash Park. Back to the world of Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like this, I think this is a complete bonus episode. We just wanted to shove this episode in between like everything, all the one division, the back to back one division, and then it just dawned on me. And the reason, so I think it is for very a lot of people right now, like we we're in like our third version of lockdown. So everyone has way more time to, well, some people do, some people don't, but content is, uh, I think kind of something everyone is looking for more so. And being a fan of Jurassic, I mean, for me, Jurassic park to this date, after seeing it in the cinema, 1993 shows my age, um, still my favorite film of all time. So when it came out, there was an animated series, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And initially, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. An animated Jurassic series. And then didn't really think too much of it. Like, wasn't like, well, can't wait till this comes out. Like, week by week, counting down till it came out. But then, of course, it came out, I think, September, October time, the first season came out, 2020. And I just... I just needed content and I was very much <laughs> happy <laughs> yeah we happy um, dive like into Jurassic content <laughs> so this is what and then I didn't watch it straight away and I mean now we're here as if has binge like the two seasons because only like 20 or 20 to 24 minutes an episode mm. and uh, I think it's about eight, so eight episodes a season
1: uh, I think yeah eight or nine I think nine maybe
0: but, yeah, not not too strenuous a watch. Not too strenuous. So, started binging it and had Oh, it's eight. Absolute, eight sorry, sorry. It's eight, eight. So, 16 have come out altogether because season two, like, came out of nowhere. I really wasn't expecting it to come around so quickly. But we thought, hey, let's do an episode on this because, do you know what? Over 16 episodes, it's been pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, and, you know... Echoing your sentiments. Also a huge, you know, Jurassic Park fan. First and second films particularly. Um grew up watching them really. I mean, they're so iconic and so, so epic. Um I really defined many of our our childhoods of the nineties, eh? Um and yeah, I was kinda of the same with you, you know, but I, I kind of I once season two of Camp Cretaceous came out, um, I had seen it as well on Netflix and, and was was curious by it to think like, you know, whether it would be kind of an entertaining series for, you know, lockdown time. I mean, I lockdown, the second lockdown was where I kind of rinsed a lot of nostalgia series like Malcolm in the Middle and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and <laughs> uh, uh, one or two other things I can't quite remember remember at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, you know, th- that was the nostalgia phase. So the new content phase is certainly, you know, especially New Year, new content, you know, you've you you got to go with that vibe. So, yeah, so seeing Camp Cretaceous, it was... You know, when I first kind of saw it as well, it seemed like a, I mean, on the surface, it looks like a kid's show, which, but that kind of didn't deter me because, you know, having dinosaurs in there, especially in, based in that kind of Jurassic World world, um, it, I mean, you know, there would be, you know, so, uh, as a fan, you know, I also thought it would be pretty entertaining. So I'm pretty glad that you actually asked me to do this because like, you know, it gave us a chance. And I mean, you know, first impressions—it is, it is a kid show. You know, for anyone listening, it is a kid show, so don't kind of have any illusions about that. But saying that, it it really does kind of go beyond a lot. I mean, to be honest, there are a lot of themes which kind of go beyond you know kid-friendly themes. I mean, you do—I mean, <laughs> you don't see it directly, but people do get eaten by the dinosaurs, you know, by the escaped dinosaurs throughout the series, and you know, and there are actually some you know fair few themes that. um you know, would appeal to, like, older watchers and, and kind of go beyond just kiddie themes, really. There's a lot of kind of stuff to, you know, dealing with death and, and growing and acceptance of situations and danger and, and you know, things that you would expect from a, a Jurassic Park theme or world-themed uh, series. So, it, actually, I have to say, like, one of the things that did surprise me from watching it is um, the writing, you know, uh, generally... The writing throughout the, the the first and second series. Uh, we'll discuss obviously the second series more later. But the writing, I have to say, well, I was I was pretty surprised by how kind of strong certain parts were. Um, you know, it was it it lays out a good story. You've got some you know good characters that they develop. You know, pretty thoroughly over the first series. Um, the situation they're in also develops. Um, yeah, I, I generally found it. But, and that was one of the things that, you know, kind of kept me coming back was I mean, besides the fact that we were gonna discuss it, but the writing actually kind of kept me involved in the in the show and, and kept me kind of like hooked on it. So, you know, at first I was kind of thinking like, oh, it was just something that I would put on the background, but as I as I watched the first series, I found myself kinda of more drawn in and, and wondering what was gonna to happen to these characters and, and how they were gonna grow. So I mean, did you you probably felt the same, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, well what well, I was kind of um about it's like no illusion it definitely is a it's aimed obviously at younger audience but in terms of the themes and in the storylines rather than kind of glossing over in the fact of obviously it's just kids running away from dinosaurs to a certain extent (laughs) um
1: it's always running away uh, from dinosaurs (laughs)
0: yeah everyone's running away from dinosaurs um it does deal with like a lot of things there's a lot of um kind of i think realness to the way that they react to certain situations there's a lot of confrontation between them there's a lot of stress anxiety there's um like dealing with loss dealing with crazy situations dealing with each other and you know what can arise from just being with the same people in situations which are really gonna like uh, stretch people's resilience so that is one of the things i enjoyed because that goes into the storytelling as well they they put a lot of depth in it, and we get onto it. There's there's even more depth in season two. I yeah. found so there was even a lot more character-driven yeah. stories. But kind of going into this, I mean, there's a lot to cover. So we're just going to do an episode a season, pretty much. Um, and I know we kind of there'll probably be things we m- miss, and there'll probably be then little things that we talk way too much about. But <laughs> that's the way we're going to do it. Um, but I mean, you have kind of. So the premise is you have, what, six main characters, the six, I say kids, but I'm going to take a stab at 14 to 16, maybe ages is what I'm going to go for. Yeah, I, I would agree. yeah, Around 15. Um, So you have like Darius, who is pretty much your main character in this series, He's an absolute dinosaur fanatic. Um, he wins this. So Camp Cretaceous happens on Isla Nuba, I think.
1: That's, yeah that's
0: right yeah. yeah that that's where it happens <laughs> I've said it now, so it must be true
1: <laughs> well when you question it like that then you're kind of like't like, oh, there's
0: probably four uh, no yeah, it, it, like, uh, is right, right, right. so first set it up this happens the exact same time the first season happens the exact same time Jurassic world the film happens timeline wise and I'm pretty sure it starts effectively as in the movie, you've got the two kids that are coming to visit their auntie Claire in this. You've got the six kids that are coming to take part in this camp Cretaceous, which is obviously like an activity camp for young adults to do loads of cool dinosaur stuff.
1: Pretty yeah, much. And, and actually on that point, I think, you know, rewatching, I think it was like episode four, uh, from season one. I think they, they even kind of dropped the fact that, um, uh, what's her name? Is it Claire Deering? The the character, yeah. yeah. Um, Bryce Alice Howard's character. Um, that her her nephews were supposed to come to this camp, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah. So I thought that you know, because I, I was asking you about the timeline and whether it was before, or afterwards, and then you told me it was during, and obviously that made the most sense because. You know, why would you send kids to an, a, a, a you know a dinosaur island if it wasn't fully developed? And why would you know before and after? Why would you send it to them after it had been you know <laughs> lost to uh, the dinosaurs anyway? So yeah, it makes sense during and and I like how they tied it in with the Jurassic World uh, film as well and characters.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of subtle hints and there's a lot of I think I just because we just always have random episodes on in the background and in this particular one. You have like the helicopter crash, Mr. Yes. Minari or Minari, Meswari, Meswari. Uh, they pretty much the guy who runs and f- founds, uh, well, not founded, but kind of runs Jurassic World, invests in it, and he's it's his money that makes this thing work. In the movie, he is like a novice helicopter pilot who ends up crashing into the pterodactyl bird cage area. And that is the scene you actually watch that scene again in animated form on here. So there's there's a lot of good crossovers, more so crossovers in this first season, because it's all taking place in the exact same place, isn't it, as Jurassic World? Yeah,
1: and also you have a lot of crossover crossover with um, Dr. Wu as well in the lab and explaining how the dinosaurs were created and came to be, because... Me, that's a big part of Camp Cretaceous. That, um, essentially, you know, the kids are all supposed to be dinosaur fanatics, which they turn out that they're not all dinosaur fanatics, um, and that they're supposed to go there and learn about the park and explore the labs and see how the the dinosaurs are born, um, which the main character Darius is completely obsessed with, um, and that's actually something that I loved as well. Like, the main character Darius, I have to say, like, he he it was it was a he's a great character to kind of latch onto because you know, like, I mean, we're both kind of dinosaur fans from the film. Um, and you know, and he has that same enthusiasm and, and, and also his, his backstory I thought was actually surprisingly emotional and, and deep. Um, you know, kind of spoiler alert for any listeners, but I suppose, you know, you would have watched it already. I hope
0: <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Um, but the fact that, you know, he, um, so his, you know, he, his, him, his father and him, um, massively bond over Jurassic World as a theme park, and and their dream is to go together and and you know explore the dinosaurs and see how it's all done and created and made, and um, and unfortunately his father, you know, passes away from uh from an illness that we, I, I'm not sure if they mention it, but essentially he he is ill, uh, and then. And that's kind of their hopes between each other, that they, they both want to kind of explore the world. And Darius is sort of in, in denial of how serious his father's condition is, um, you know, with the hope that he'd be well enough to, to go to the theme park um, and, you know, together and, and then, you know, uh, both explore it and, and love it. And and I have to say that was one of the things which kind of endeared me a lot to the show and to Darius as a character, that it was – it, it it was so well done, actually. I, I found, and, and even though it's an animated show, it kind of had just as much emotion as like a, a kind of live action film. So, seeing the father kind of there, and, and that passion he kind of instills in Darius for discovery and adventure, and you know, and keeping your head and head held high, and, and hope for the you know for better things to come. Um, yeah, the story was kind of very well laid out um, from that point of view in terms of a character for Darius and, and his background. So I really liked that, um, that element. And, and and I have to say, like, actually, you know, we get a lot of kind of character development in this, and that was kind of one of the issues. I mean, disclaimer with, this, you know, Jurassic World. I mean, Jurassic World, for the main protagonists, you know, the kids within Jurassic World, that was one of the issues I had was that I, I found the older brother um, very cold towards his younger brother uh in a lot of ways and especially because you know they're going the parents are going through a divorce within the film and the brothers have gone away together to their aunts and and you know the younger brother is essentially depending on his older brother and a lot of the time the older brother looks like he just doesn't care he just wants wants to chat up girls at the park and you know and whatever his younger brother wants to do it's like inconsequential to his, his you know his plans and and i found that like as a child of divorce with an older brother, like I found that very difficult to like how cold the brother was to his younger brother. Um, and that was one of the issues I had a lot with the main characters in Jurassic World. And, and I'm glad to say that in Camp Cretaceous, that is very much balanced out that actually you have very like much more kind of human kid actors that you, that you care about and, and you want to succeed. I mean, in Jurassic World, I I just wanted the older brother to get eaten, you know. Um, at many points, <laughs> you know, there were like there were kind of things about him, like I mean, I know later on he kind of you know grows to love his brother a bit more and everything, but I just found throughout most of the film he's just such a such a dick that it was like oh god, like kind of rolling my eyes at his at his comments and things. But then within this, like even the kind of annoying characters, you know, from the kids that um that you kind of find in season one. I mean, um. There's another character, Kenji, who's the the sort of rich kid, um, and he's kind of like quite egotistical throughout, like you know, the first season and kind of annoying, you know. But he's he pro- provides a lot of comedic relief, and actually, as the seasons go on, you you endear to him, you know, much more, and he he grows as a character. Yeah, um, I mean, so like you know, it, it's it's that was one of the great things about Cam Cretaceous that, yeah, like on the surface, it, it, it seems like just a kind of know a kid show but there's actually you know there's there's so much more depth that you can enjoy it like much more and take it much more seriously than even the live action films in some ways you know
0: yeah yeah for sure there's a lot of depth and it's great you kind of get time especially so in the first kind of three episodes of the first season you get a good amount of time with each of the characters to kind of know what they're all about to a certain extent and like we have Darius in the lead like i was just mentioned and then kenji's kind of the rich kid who he's like a self-appointed <clears throat> vip camper um and he, i think he yeah. proclaims himself the alpha male of the group on more than one occasion and yeah. the leader but puts all the decisions on other people <laughs> um,
1: that's what a, a good leader does actually he says yeah he, so he's very poignant you know? <laughs>
0: I think he's he's also one of those there's some family issues there, he's like neglected kid that he kind of lets on to a couple of times or so. But he's I think his dad invests in the island and they have a penthouse on one side of the island that we never get to see, but he talks about it many a time. But you kind of have a really good mix. You have Yaz, who's this kind of a bit of a loner type character. She likes her own company and she's a track athlete. Then um, you kind of Brooklyn is the one who's a influencer, Uh which is a very standard thing in today's world. Um, So she's like a travel vlogger, I think. I would say that's kind of her main thing. And she's like famous to, I don't know, kids or has like 32 million subscribers or something. She's the only one, which is a key element to a part of it. She's the only one who is allowed her mobile phone. So none of them are allowed their mobile phones, are they? Yeah, yeah. Which is uh which which obviously <laughs> I can't even imagine that being allowed in this day and age, can you? Just like, no, you yeah, we... can have your phone. And kids would be like, I don't care if there's dinosaurs. <laughs> if I'm not having my phone, I'm not going.
1: Absolutely. And also like knowing how Jurassic Park and worlds always turn out like to not be able to have a phone just for an emergency is like yeah, like what are you doing?
0: <laughs> well, the well the writers knew this, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, while setting it out, they're going, "Oh well, I mean, I guess they could have no signal or Wi-Fi. Hey, let's just stop them having them from phones completely altogether, and then we don't have to worry about that problem later on down the line." <laughs> um, and then you have uh, Sammy Guti- Gutierrez, mm-hmm. who is like the really bouncy, full of life, chatty camper um and who else do you have oh yeah and then you have ben ben pincus who is just like scared of everything possible like scared of his own shadow pretty much so you have you have a full like collective of different people and different styles and different which makes which makes things like this work if you have a bunch of similar people it's not kind of as entertaining as it but you have the most big mixture so we kind of go on this journey in the first <laughs> in the first few episodes and i think even in the first episode there's like a small dinosaur that kind of which i know are those tiny little dinosaurs that end up eat people if they're in packs yeah. don't they that kind of jumps on and they kind of capture it the two um camp leaders who yeah. are the two adults uh, who are very much present in the first season, get separated. And Roxy. Yeah. Roxy and Dave. Um,
1: <laughs> which, Roxy's uh, voiced by Jamila Jamil, which I was yeah. like, which I think is, she's probably the biggest name attached to the series in terms of actors. Um, of
0: I was, uh, especially in season one. Yeah, for sure. Cause I know you get Stephanie Beatrice, um, who is from Brooklyn nine, nine, Uh, plays rosa in brooklyn 99 i know she comes on for season two um but yes i mean hey this this isn't exactly like netflix just having a little go at something here this is fully backed you've got spielberg colin trevorrow and frank marshall all in the producer chairs for this so this is very much because obviously they are i believe they own the rights to with amblin entertainment and DreamWorks and kind of universal it's a collaborative production isn't it so there's they're definitely putting the full weight behind this and you can kind of see it so this is something we discussed before the animation in this is in some like you can clearly see when they're like when you get a main dinosaur like in the in Dominus Rex yeah. or a t-rex the money has been spent because sometimes these things look real almost yeah. as if they do in the films and then you clearly see when they <laughs> when they decide to skimp on animation yeah. in other scenes and go oh stuff it no one's going to really care about that kid's hairdo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely you know that's the that's such a funny kind of element throughout the, the series that i was kind of very undecided on and that some of the characters and and they don't always look bad. Sometimes they look really good, and then other scenes they just look really undetailed and and just I don't know, like kind of plain and sort of uncared for. But then any time a, a dinosaur comes along in any sort of aspect, it, it looks amazing and it's so so detailed and actually you know pretty scary. I mean, you know, they match up to the live action kind of dinosaurs. Um, I mean, particularly the Indominus Rex and um, and the T Rex as well. They're, I mean. They look good. Um, so, yeah, for me, I found that really strange, actually, how they could, you know, detail some elements, like, so well, and then the kind of character elements sort of fall down at points. Um, and actually, I don't know, and for for some reason, that made me feel like it was more of a, a kid's show in some ways, like, that, like, those sorts of details between the kids are, like, not kind of as taken. I don't know why that would say, you know, I'm, I'm sure kids also have quality control, but I don't know, like, as a kid like myself, you know, I – uh, when when I was a kid, I should say I'm not a kid now. Well, I'm sort of in some ways, but
0: um you're not a kid now, sitting here discussing Jurassic World: Camp Cretaceous. Yes. Hey, man, I'm not a kid now. So about this animated dinosaur <laughs> series.
1: Yeah. Uh, but as a kid, I, I you know I, I suppose those sorts of like details would have you know I wouldn't have cared as much about them. But like now, as like I notice them more, I suppose, but. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, yeah, the, the, the animation is a mixed bag, people, so, you know, keep that in mind, but the dinosaurs look awesome.
0: <laughs> I have to throw <laughs> that in. Like, You're waiting all you know, 20-something minutes to say that, haven't you? <laughs> have to,
1: you, know, you, you told me how great, you, how much you loved it the other day, so I have to throw it in at some point, but <laughs> but they really do, you know, and, and you know, um, and I, as I said, like, you know, the characters do look pretty awesome at points. Um, like, you know, the kind of the scenes I mentioned earlier, like Darius and his dad, like in the hospital and things like that, you know, those are really nicely done and kind of, cause obviously it's quite a weighty emotional scene. So they don't really cut back on that. But then, yeah, with, with the campers kind of like on the Island or talking between each other, I found that some of those like scenes were, and some of the movements were also a bit clunky uh, at points, but, but generally, you know, but it, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it does maintain a fairly high standard when it comes to the, the kind of wildlife and, and, And the 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 dinosaur elements of that. So at least you know that's that that's covered, which is important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's important. But one one thing which is interesting, well, interesting. Don't know if that's the right word. But in terms of like, it doesn't shy away from giving you exactly what you want from a Jurassic series or show or anything. It's like dinosaur confrontation kind of scenarios where someone might get eaten so I mean and that it does like they're pretty chilled out about these kids I think we get in the first kind of episodes don't we We kind of get that little dinosaur I oh, know in the first episode I think they fall into a velociraptor cage yeah
1: that's like, fine, I yeah. think that
0: happens in the first <laughs> yeah. episode and there's like constant things and then they get like taken away by the herd yeah i one of those gyrospheres sinks and they nearly die in a gyrosphere in I think episode two.
1: Pterodactyls Um, chasing
0: them and (laughs) so it's kind of like they don't kind of shy back. And that's the first kind of the first three episodes is just setting everything up. It's setting you up with a like character development, like the situation where they are, what they're going to experiencing, and everybody being like, Woo gung ho, this is Camp Cretaceous. And we're teenagers and this is going to be cool. I mean, this is not going to be cool, but yeah, it's going to be cool. I don't care if it's cool or not. (laughs) You know, classic, like that's the way of, uh, that's the way they go with their kind of teenager responses, which seem to change every halfway through an episode, don't they? Uh, But it's kind of, but as soon as you get to episode four, that's it. Everything, every you're in right in line with the anonymous Rex getting free. And it suddenly goes from. I think that's the last time it properly feels like a kids show. Yeah. And from then on, you go straight into like the interactions with the Indominus Rex. Mm. Multiple people getting eaten. Yeah. Um, and this kind of setting it up for what Camp Cretaceous is going to be. But you also for the get future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you also get those kind of elements between the main characters as well. It's not just like always dinosaur related. It's like there's like social frictions between them. You know, um, I mean, as we find, you know, with Sammy, she's kind of awkward and you're not really sure why she's there. But then, you know, as the series develops, you find out that she's actually, uh, you know, a spy essentially for a a rival corporation um, to InGen. And so like that kind of, you know, um, influences the actions she takes in regards to, you know, she she takes Brooklyn's phone uh, and doesn't tell her, and then breaks it, and and all of that kind of, and Brooklyn's there accusing her, and you can see like, you know, the the awkwardness seething up between them, and so that you know that there are kind of, it's not just always like this sort of dinosaur. I mean, it, I mean, it is a dinosaur drama in terms of everything, you know, the dinosaurs <laughs> cause all the, uh, you know, the the. Attention, I suppose you know in lots of respects, but you know you get some you know kind of personal moments and character development between the character you know between the main characters, and and that was actually one of the things that I do enjoy um throughout season one is that you you, you kind of have these interpersonal fights, but then obviously through the situations and overcoming them in, in a variety of ways and not overcoming them in certain uh, you know areas that um it kind of brings them closer together and makes the whole thing kind of more believable and actually. Yeah, you know, even though the main sort of you know, a lot of stereotypical traits within the characters are kind of ticked off. It's it's nice to see again, like on the strengths of the writing that like how they kind of start how they come together really as a gang in the group and and you know, and as you know, kind of sets you up for season two even better really. Um as well. You know. So it's uh yeah, it, it again, credit to the writing really, um, being quite strong and, and thought out and and, and also the character development, that each character is kind of developed and they all kind of come to terms with their sort of limitations and, and they know what their strengths are and they, you know, kind of all of them rely on those things. But then as the series develops, they realize that they can't rely on them and that they have to rely on each other. Um, and then that, and that's, what, that, that's what bonds them really, which is, you know, generally quite a, a nice sort of, uh, you know, sentiment throughout.
0: Also, what I love about it is one thing that never gets old and it's like they thought of a lot of different ways to make it work. It's the kind of nearly getting eaten Mm. a lot, which happens because they really take advantage of the variety of different predator dinosaurs, uh, carnivores that they've got out there, which could be as a threat to these guys. And um, I really like the canoeing scene, which ends us up in the big kind of what well, looks like sea world, doesn't it? Where they oh. would have had uh, shampoo, shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Sea World, but they're really scared of shampoo. Um, shampoo of the shores, whale. Maybe. or. Other out. <laughs> yeah. Wash and go. So like, you know, any of those, but no, there's, there's a welcome to Jurassic world episode, which is episode six of the first season. And, um, This is where they end up on some canoes and they end up in the main kind of, I don't know what it's called. It's like the water tank viewing area where they usually film that. It's like a lagoon, isn't it? It's the lagoon for the Mosasaurus, I think it's called. Yeah,
1: Mosasaurus, that's the one, yeah. And...
0: they, they call it welcome to dress well But it's just the way they get out It's like Yaz stepping up to pretty much She saves the day kind of Yeah. She, and then Kenji uses his initiative To kind of get her out of uh, a pickle there But it's It's very well done in the fact of They don't allow them Which I think is right Because you could really Give them a lot more space huh. In terms of setting themselves like aside from all the dino action and finding a place to kind of chill out and regroup, but they don't really give them that for mm-hmm. the whole of the first season. There's always one or two threats on life, isn't there? But what I was, yeah. what I was getting to is I've just really liked the writing around those particular scenes is all always pretty well done, pretty well like nail biting yeah. yeah, done even for animation it's 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 very well set up and it very much makes these like 20 odd minute episodes always you've always got a high point of entertainment in every episode
1: yeah and also i like how they use the dinosaurs that from jurassic world in into the storyline like having the mosasaurus like that was one of the things i loved about jurassic world obviously and and the point of jurassic world is that it's bigger and better and bigger dinosaurs and all sorts and the Mosasaurus, you know, besides the Indominus Rex, which, you know, um, it's an interesting dinosaur to say the least. Um, At points I felt that, like, it was almost, um, it got to a point of almost ridiculousness with, like, how many sort of special traits it had. But it was also kind of, you know, but that made it kind of entertaining. And that's the point of the film, that it's bigger and better, you know, uh, to the point where it it kills you (laughs) in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, but a dinosaur like the mosasaurus like i have to say i really loved in Jurassic world because you know i mean seeing the size of it and imagining you know something under the water that is that large and also you know that um that dangerous i mean it's 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 a, a kind of great freaky monster to have into the mix and i love the way that actually that episode, this episode episode 5 that we both kind of you know got in the in the background i love the way that that um that kayak scene develops into that they end up in that tank, and then that becomes like this really tense scene, and and you know, and 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 yes, steps up to save the day, and you know, it, it that was a great scene, I thought, and and I loved the way they used it, and and that familiar element. So yeah, I I completely agree. It, there's the writing that it you know relying on those Jurassic World monsters and themes and 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 sets as well set up. Um, it doesn't feel like it's treading over old ground. It actually feels that it's created, um the, the, the tension that's created is, is done in a completely new way through, through the, this kind of writing and, and set up and from the characters as well. And yeah, and credit to the series, you know, because I mean, now we have like two Jurassic world films as well. So there's, you know, quite a lot of source material to sort of draw from and actually to, you know, its credit, it, it draws on that, but, it doesn't rely on it to the point where you were essentially rewatching Jurassic World, but through the eyes of kids. You know, it's 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 a sort of it's a different setup. You know, we see a different side of the island. We see different sides of characters. You know, I mean, it's um, yeah, it was it, that was a great scene. I have to say, um, I'm seeing it now as well, and it's it's yeah freaky
0: <laughs> as we uh as we talk about like monsters because it's a one thing that me and I are massive fans of mon big monster movies like kaiju cool. godzilla kong monster movies wow. which we're gonna get into uh later on this year anyway with the amount of like great content that's coming up but yeah. I really want to see more of that mosasaurus and I know I think you see it like a clip of it well you obviously see it at the beginning of jurassic world fallen kingdom plays a big part there, and. Once again, I think you see it when it's initially being let out because they accidentally let it out of the lagoon, don't they? So uh-huh. I think you see a slight clip of it where it's almost trying yeah. to eat us eat well, more than one surfer. <laughs> so in Jurassic World Dominion, I'm I'm really hoping we're gonna get a revisitation of the Mossasaurus because it's one of like the biggest, most epic kind of monsters in the Jurassic kind of game so it'd be great to see that play a bigger part but it's it's one thing after another in terms of like this particular first season it's really well set up i really like it in the fact that it goes so hand in hand with the film and you don't have to go into watching this like it needs to be a jurassic park or jurassic world movie it's just quite enjoyable because you get it all in these 20 odd minute snapshots, and they pack these 20 minutes with constant entertainment. there's yeah. like there's no, there's no real kind of let up. it's just it's that constant go from like the first few episodes, like we said before, the first three episodes are setting you up, and even stuff happens in those as well. It's not exactly like those first three episodes you get nothing really happened. You get like more than one life-threatening situation just in the first three. But then, from episode four onwards, you're like constantly in it, aren't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, and that's what kind of endeared me. I think more to um, and kind of ramps you up for the second season as well. Um, in that, as the as the season goes on, it does get more and more kind of. In, I mean, like with any kind of series, really, you know, that you're gonna kind of get the bigger payoffs towards you know the end of the season. But I mean, a lot of great as we've been discussing a lot of great stuff happens in the kind of like the middle episodes as well like four five six you know i mean it it already from that point kind of turns from it feels much less child friendly and kind of much more just you know like any sort of Jurassic Park world um franchise sort of storyline um in terms of the kind of action based and 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 the tense kind of situations and the action (laughs) and the running away and all sorts so it's there's a lot to enjoy um, throughout the first season Um...
0: I have to say also episode 7 which is called the last day of camp which is the they kind of break away from the lagoon sea park area um, sea parks uh, area and they kind of have to escape onto the monorail which is where it's taking them to the last ferry that's evacuating this is probably one of my favourite episodes because you kind of well in fact it kind of goes hand in hand with maybe the eighth episode as well. But you get so much, you get this slight, they get a slight bit of relief and they're kind of not so much led, but Darius with all of his known information and how much knowledge he knows about dinosaurs kind of gets them through with taking advantages of little bits of information he knows and gets them out of situations and Brooklyn's character. She goes through quite a transformation as well. Because I think she's she's a bit obviously self-obsessed at the beginning, has a lot of anxiety, which is hand-in-hand hand with a lot of people who are probably influencers. Yeah. Um, but she kind of, I reckon, between her and Darius, those two are kind of your saviors in a couple of situations yeah. as the series goes on. So they're quite two endearing characters as the season goes on. But the, you get to this point of the monorail which is supposed to be taking them to the docks. And it's kind of, it's when it goes back into what it was in the first three episodes, they're just like hanging out, kind of nothing's really too much happening. And then literally all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But it's like, it's so much for the characters to go through, isn't it? Because it takes them to the edge of them all thinking that they're going gonna—they're going home pretty much. theres I think there's an instance where Darius's character says, we're going home and then they'll get like facial reactions. If like, Oh, thank you. know, God, we're knackered now. Let's definitely do this. And then it just goes, no, this is a Jurassic world series.
1: Yeah, (laughs) There's
0: dinosaurs everywhere, man. Yeah. (laughs) There's dinosaurs in the air, there's dinosaurs in the sea and there's dinosaurs on the ground.
1: (laughs) You ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that was also one of the things for me that, um, Surprising about the uh, the way like season one ends with the fact that they don't get off the island, you know. Like, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I, I, for some reason, I just assumed that they would get off the island. And that season two would be. Uh, at first, I thought maybe it would be kind of more drawn in with, um, fallen kingdom, in terms of story. Like maybe paralleling that in some way, but the fact that, um, yeah, at the end of season one, that you know you have that kind of hope when they're on the monorail and 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 then you get the you know the part where you know ben is uh kind of goes all hero on on the group and and decides to save them and then you know and faces fears really um and then pays for it i mean that was a you know a pretty deep moment actually i have to say especially for like you know someone like darius to hold on to him and then let him go and obviously darius has the kind of loss of his father and and now he loses like one of his kind of you know his his mates and kind of Fellow campers, you know, in like a pretty tragic way. I mean, that was, uh, yeah, that was again, like kind of quite adult, like, or, you know, quite, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if adults write the right word, but quite intense writing. Um, and unexpected, you know, um, that you think that, um, yeah, that it's kind of going to, you know, end happily as, as most, you know, Hollywood things do, but actually they're kind of just thrown back into the mix. And, yeah, and, and it was, uh, yeah it was unexpected in terms of you know how how it ends i you know i, I thought it would be kind of a happier end, but it was actually very intense until that point um and and yeah, and then it doesn't even stop there, really, you know, because they're unable to get off the island and they're kind of left there to fend for themselves, which is kind of quite sad and and stark in some ways you know um also, i I don't know, I, you know like at points I was like trying to think like would they ever be left like that by themselves, but then you know. They probably would be because <laughs> the way the Jurassic World ends is so chaotic that a couple, you know, six kids like being left there. Like, I mean, we, you know, we just had like hundreds of people eaten by a variety of you know extinct animals. So I don't think anyone really wants to go back <laughs> and save these kids. Sadly, so it's uh, you know, because at that point I was like, no, they're kids. They were, of course, they would be saved. But then, you know, like the richest one is Kenji, and and his dad doesn't really care about him throughout the series. So he probably reckons, <laughs> you know. He's having a great holiday, you know, still at this point, even though he's like screaming his head off. But it's uh yeah, it was um you know, it, it sets up the second season well, actually, um, in terms of the storyline and, and the character development and the the whole introduction. And I think that yeah, as we've kind of said, you know, it forms a great kind of parallel storyline to Jurassic World. It doesn't rely on Jurassic World too much to to, to I mean it gives it the story beats, but you know, there are none of the really none of the same characters and um, and there are completely different situations to what the characters face in Jurassic World. I mean, some are similar, you have the rollerball things that they they kind of travel in, but it's um I mean they use them differently in this. So it's it's again it's you know, it's kind of like with Mandalorian with Star Wars, that you kind of get, you know, a different view of like similar themes. And for that you're kind, of, but they're done in a new way. So for that you're grateful and you're happy to watch them, you know.
0: Yeah, and you kind of get. It's a really. I'd like a way it ends in the terms of it sets season two up extremely well. You kind of you go into it. You've gone from six campus to five campus because they've lost Ben. Which yeah, I'm unbel- like, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching that going, whoa, this is intense. <laughs> Like, when when they actually lose him, and you're just like, okay, this is, you know, this isn't really light-hearted oh. <laughs> at all. This is, but this is entertaining. That's what it is. The whole, this is the whole thing about this show, which I'm hoping is going to go on for many a season. It's really entertaining. Oh. I think it knows its audience. It's, it knows what people want to see from it in terms of the combination between characters and dinosaurs and it plays on that well and having 20 24 minute long episodes it can sit in that can't it It can sit in it really well with packing one like good dinosaur interaction per episode and you're pretty much you're ticking a lot of boxes for a lot of jurassic fans
1: yeah definitely um and that's what makes it satisfying as a Jurassic fan yeah as you said it, it, it's you get everything you want really um and also you know and yeah I, I mean I thought it was quite an interesting kind of you know as I, as as we've been saying with all the characters really they all kind of have their sort of development points um that make them kind of all fairly intriguing characters and and you know like from Brooklyn kind of admitting that she's um kind of dependent, you know like a lot of her kind of self-worth is dependent on what people think of her. And uh, obviously Darius just kind of <laughs> wants to have a great time with dinosaurs, but also, you know, I, he, he's, it's almost like he's obligated to because of like the, the relationship with his father and how much his father loved them as well. And, and, you know, you see a lot of that. And then, uh, you know, and also Sammy as a character, because at points, you know, with Sammy as a character, I was like, Oh my God, like what is her deal? You know, um, just seems quite like awkward and strange. And, it was quite interesting that she becomes the sort of, you know, I mean, that we, I mean that she's a spy, but not in the kind of sense of, um, what was it? What was the computer guy in the in Jurassic park one called, um, the one who goes to steal the DNA.
0: Oh, Dennis,
1: Dennis. That's it. I was going to say Newman from Seinfeld, but
0: you know, <laughs> um, which he is, but you know, she doesn't have to be drawn into another debate about your finances, Dennis, <laughs>
1: Exactly. and But we don't get that with Sammy. You, instead, you get kind of Sammy, you know, actually kind of quite sadly that her family is her family's being threatened by this sort of competitor of InGen to do their bidding for, you know, for her to do their bidding, uh, which is essentially stealing, like, you know, billion-dollar worth of, you know, dinosaur DNA, which is, you know, it's like no, no short kind of ask. So, that, you know, so there are kind of familiar elements, but the way they – they kind of you know repositioned in this series it, it makes it kind of entertaining you know um throughout really so um yeah. Yeah. you get
0: also there's a lot of different elements isn't there it's like it's family it's also thriller and horror it's kind of mixed into one in this action adventure animation isn't it so you get a lot of mixture of themes coming in which is um i find really entertaining and it's just something that adds uh, a lot more to it once again it's so much more than i thought it was going to be ever going to be this series but also it's it's building into a franchise in the f- fact that the jurassic films are already a franchise but now it's time and no time like the present like star wars is doing with the disney plus series jurassics like they we've got the I can't remember what the word is, but they've got the, they they are the dinosaur people. No one's making other dinosaur movies that's competing with Jurassic or coming close, or I don't think anyone's even attempting. So they've got the dinosaur movies down. So now they're like, well, this is making us billions at the box office. Let's expand it, and let's go. Let's go in this way. I'm I'm fully preparing that you're probably going to get at some point a live-action Jurassic series.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, and, I, and actually, you know, from off the back of this, I mean, I think it could work really well. You know, I mean, we've just dis- discussed in the past how, like, you know, we... I mean, again, like, something like The Mandalorian, that, you know, you, you, it's a series that, you know, it could go either way in terms of taking the Star Wars universe and, and creating a, an original storyline in it, but actually, it's um it's been done so well recently that... It almost feels like you're missing out on, on that sort of development time for characters and s- situations if you don't make it as a series these days. And, you know, from this, I mean, I think a live action would work great. If you, if, you know, you had some kind of effective writing and it's always about the writing, you know, if the writing is good and you know, you have people who love the franchise and they, they want to do it service, like good service that they, they want to develop like good storylines and original ideas and themes then, you know, why the hell not, you know? Um, and as I said, like, you know, for me, you know, a lot of my hang-ups with Jurassic World were with some of the main characters. That actually, I thought that, you know, they were, like, undeveloped and, and you know, and they, well, they could have, like, you know, used more to them to kind of endear you more to them. Um, well, use more of the, the, the situation that they're in to endear you more to them. Um, and actually, you know, if, maybe if it was a series, they, you know, they, they would have had more time to develop it, like kind of more scenarios to, to develop them in, you know, um, rather than just having like a kind of 15 minute intro at the beginning of a film and then they kind of thrown into the situation. Um, so it's, it's, yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, uh, you know, I uh, our, our official endorsement for a live action Jurassic park has just been, just been stated. You
0: know? <laughs> stated. We stand by it and we will never go back on our word. <laughs> unless it's crap, because then, you know, yeah. if it's <laughs> only no. the idea right away. <laughs> then we won't review every episode. <laughs> we're we'll bow yeah. out halfway and Just hold skip. our heads high with dignity.
1: <laughs> like <the> Mighty T-Rex.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, so the season one pretty much ends in, in the kids being like, right, that's it. I like their resilience because they're kind of like, that's it. Okay, we're not getting rescued, are we? Everyone's left us behind. Let's stop trying to get off the island and try and create a safe space almost for us. And let's kind a of dive in. Yeah, safe space. <laughs> yeah, <a> safe space. <laughs> okay, guys. There's an island full of dinosaurs. What we need is a safe space. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be really easy to find. Um but then of course, so we get season two. And I know you preferred season two even more than season one. So what, what was it that kind of like took you there in terms of really enjoying that kind of development of the story and characters in season two? Cause I know that was like a big key point for you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, as we kind of, you know, discussed with season one that there were at points, it felt like there were like more child friendly elements, maybe in the kind of earlier episodes than setting up the characters by the time you get to season two, they've already been through so much that that's kind of all past it actually. And and season two dives much more into, um, you know, as you said, like they're, they're you know, they've come to terms with, with the fact they're on this island and they're just, and they're looking to survive and make the best of the situation. And and it's almost like they've kind of grown up in that time. And, and because of that, the the situations and the conversations are, are more, and also they've, they've become more friends. So like things, kind of matter more and, and you know you, you have kind of more emotional connections and speeches kind of between them and and that you know and it feels more you know you kind of grow with with them as as a friendship group and i, I thought season two again like on the strength of the writing was really effective in portraying a lot of those kind of character developments and the scenario developments and you know i mean i mean Ultimately, for me, the thing I loved about season two was really Ben's development. You know, I mean, I have to say that episode of Ben, you know, being by himself on the island and what he does after he's, um, he's kind of, you know, a dropped from the, the, the monorail in season one. I mean, that really, for me, I, I loved that episode. I really loved Ben as a character, you know, like in the beginning, he is, you know, a complete wimp and, and completely scared of his own shadow and everything. And find out that he didn't want to go to the island i mean his mum sent him there against you know so so he could toughen up and (laughs) and you know the way he's reintroduced into season two i mean you kind of expect it in some ways because you you know you don't see him die you know we don't see him get eaten by any dinosaurs thankfully but you know you, you aren't sure what happens and in the first few episodes they don't they don't reintroduce him right away um the way he kind of is reintroduces from saving the characters from, you know, the, the, the poacher they're running away from. And, <laughs> and, you know, and he comes in with, you know, and also he has his dinosaur bumpy, of course, you know, through, from season one and who's all grown up and, and actually, you know, that was, cause you're unsure as to like how much time passes, you know, to, between like, you know, season one and season two. And, and that is a, you know, a real indicator and seeing his episode and the way he kind of spends his time and, and the kind of badass he becomes, you know, I have to say, like, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. You know, I loved seeing him getting over his fears and then a whole load more, you know. I mean, he really, I mean, you know, there's points where he's battling with the Indominus Rex, which it's kind of unbelievable, but I loved it. You know, I thought it was it was a great kind of, you know, because he's so fed up of, of his own fears and being on the island and having to deal with it, all that, you know, it, it it's he kind of goes, like, good crazy you know <laughs> i mean he, he goes like uh, he becomes like a uh, jurassic world tarzan um and <laughs> jurassic world tarzan yeah and then and he's a great character he's not he's he's, he's, he's you really endear to him and i really love that that writing and that situation set up and and how it comes about and again you know the the animation doesn't let up. So all the dinosaur scenes are bloody awesome, you know, and there's, and you kind of get more of that and, and you know, more battling and kind of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, season two was, was great in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> loved it. That episode you talk about, which is episode five, is that's how long it is until you get to uh. um, see Ben and kind of you, you you're with him from the moment he falls from the monorail. Um, to which you think at the end of season one, he's a goner pretty much. And um, so do they. So you you kind of, well, that's one thing over the f- first four episodes before you get the return of Ben, that's an element that you get is them all dealing with the kind of grief of losing him. And it just comes in in and out because they, they never really get a lot of time, do they, to settle in the terms that <laughs> they're always running away from dinosaurs. And this yeah. is, the first scene you see them in, they're running away from a dinosaur that then immediately gets eaten by a T-Rex at the same time, whilst they're like hiding behind uh, a fallen tree as the T-Rex kind of just devours this dinosaur. <laughs> and you, you just go, "Oh yeah, I mean, this can't have been too relaxing for them, can it?" <laughs> You're like yeah. constantly running away. But the thing, watching the Ben episode when you eventually you like travel through. Time in the sense of him from falling, and you go a fair few weeks, maybe maybe a month. Yeah,
1: I was thinking it was almost like a month and a half or two. Well, I
0: don't, I don't think it. I wouldn't say it's that long because. So the dinosaur that he kind of has as his companion, uh, because it's the dinosaur he was there for the birth of, in Doctor Wu's lab, which kind of I guess imprints itself Mm. on the first person it sees has like an accelerated growth doesn't it so that dinosaur aka bumpy um has obviously grown really quickly in the matter of a couple of weeks but when you first see (laughs) the one thing that annoyed me i was like dude make a better shelter (laughs) just just putting some sticks up and like in a couple of leaves against a like a fallen tree on the floor is not a safe space
1: (laughs) And, and it's not even large enough for both of them. You know, he's always there kind of like getting his bed jacked. It's like, just extend it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just just, <laughs> just slightly extend it or or like try and go up a tree if you're not. But the way he was sleeping for the first few nights or not really sleeping is his I was watching it thinking, that's exactly how you would sleep on that island. You wouldn't be able to sleep until you were just so exhausted you fell asleep because you're constantly thinking the dinosaur's going to come and eat you at any moment. So that's kind of exactly how it is. But I, I did enjoy that episode as well. I kind of just... I enjoyed the... Like you talk about as well. There's so much more of this kind of friendship group and the evolution of these guys' groups. And you kind of feel pretty... Like a sense of cosiness to a certain extent when you see them like all together, working together. But they what I do love about season two are the different elements. And one of those elements is bringing in these big game hunters. Yeah. They, they feel that they've, there's other people on the Island and these other people, one of which is played by, uh, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn nine, nine, who plays rose in Brooklyn nine, nine. So you get these, this couple called, I want to say Tiff and Mitch, Tiff and Mitch, so eco-tourist is what they kind of suspicious eco-tourists um where they kind of i mean to be fair to them to a certain extent at the beginning they do save the kids don't they
1: yeah yeah they do and i agree like interesting characters add into it um and interesting in the way that um it brings Darius in as well. And, and that relationship with his father and how he kind of warms to Mitch uh, and Tiff and, and, and essentially how they win his trust over. Um, and, you know, knowing his kind of background and seeing that situation unfold. I mean, you kind of know that there's some suspicious element there. I mean, no one really, <laughs> you know, being an eco tourist on an Island where people have just, you know, um, run away screaming and probably hundreds have been dead and stuff. It's uh it's a little bit suspicious, to say the least. Um, but it was—it's—it's um, it's, yeah. They—they they used well, I thought. Um, you know, in—in the season and kind of—and in and the way they develop as well. Yeah, like you know, at the beginning, like the fact that they kind of endeared themselves to them and saved them, obviously, and—and—and and, and they connect with Darius and how the, you know, and also because it's interesting as well because of the group dynamic. That at this point, Darius is being. Such a help to the group and and done so much in terms of saving them and you know, educating them on the different dinosaurs and, and generally keeping their spirits up that you know he's kind of the, that element is is manipulated um by mitch and tiff um, which is you know again you kind have like interesting writing to kind of show how the group dynamic de- evolves and develops over over the two seasons, and also of course there's this Um, you know the 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 poacher that they bring with them, Hap as well. Which again, you know, you kind of (laughs) that was you you immediately assume he's like the you know the the game hunters from the Lost World, you know, Jurassic Park two. That essentially they're they're just there to hunt and they don't care about anything but the kill and and (laughs) placing a T Rex head on their wall or whatever or, or, or for a rich buyer or whatnot. But actually, he ends up being quite a, a surprising character in the way that he sacrifices himself for, for Kenji and Brooklyn, you know, kind of later on. And, and I mean, that kind of surprised... And actually, he was very, you know, self-sacrificial kind of from the moment he met them, that actually he, you know, first of all, tries to warn them about Mitch and Tiff. And obviously, no, no one believes them. But um, I thought that was quite an interesting turnaround that, you know, you kind of have this, you know, gruff character. and you, you I mean... I, knowing Jurassic world, you kind of immediately assume his game, but it was um it was quite nice actually to to kind of see him you know be actually one of the good guys and and the others <laughs> it was um i mean yeah it, it's not like the biggest surprise in the world but I, I I thought it was just kind of an interesting point to kind of bring up and and then the way he kind of develops afterwards and and as i said like sacrifices himself to what was it three three um three raptors i mean you know, whilst they're trying to get away on, on the motorcycle, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. And, you know, I feel like we haven't seen the last of Hap, you know, in some ways. Um, cause I don't think we see his, his death like other deaths within the series, but it's, um, but yeah, again, you know, it was interesting elements to bring in and, um, also interesting elements to put between the group as well. Um, and, you know, just, and really develop the writing and, and show them evolving really and, and becoming closer and, and you, uh, the writing makes you feel that as well, that they actually start depending more on each other and, and their friends and et cetera. I mean, obviously, you know, in the first season, they're kind of, they're sort of forced friends, you know, they're kind of put yeah. together in the situation. But in the second season, you feel that actually there's more connection and more kind of realness to it, which is, you know, credit to it because, I mean, it's an animated series and, you know, the writing does kind of, it's believable <laughs> in lots of ways, you know, it, it feels like that that's
0: how it would go down um yeah the writing never um it never stops being good throughout both seasons and what i really like is we could quite i mean (laughs) you have that sense of when they don't get off the island it's kind of like obviously it's rubbish but at the same time you're like that's good because then we're gonna get more (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna get more Camp Cretaceous, um, but there's a massive window for them to play in because this is obviously set within the Jurassic World universe, and between Jurassic World and Jurassic Fallen Kingdom, that island ends up blowing up because of a volcanic volcanic re God, volcanic eruption, people, and that is a four year gap. Mm. Yeah, so technically. We could have these kids on this island for four years. Yeah. And I think that would be quite interesting. Or <laughs> have them even longer. Get off the island, crash on another one. <laughs> <Yeah. Good laughs> then they'd just be really unlucky. And it'd just be like uh, um, Jumanji. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> They'll be coming back as like full-on adults with big beards and long hair. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so it's there's so in terms of, it's extremely entertaining. This never stops being entertaining all the way through to season two. Every single episode. I think it's really well done in the way, like you said, they bring in these three other characters to kind of mix everything up. And once again, these characters give them hope, and then they dash all their hope, then some of them redeem themselves, and then they just end up being two pretty horrible people. I mean, really horrible people, because it gets to a point that Tiff, who is played by Stephanie Beatrice, who is the um wife of Mitch, who are these like were eco-tourists, but they're not really, they're just big game hunters. She just sacrifices her husband to a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, he gets caught in one of the traps that they've laid down, and then she's like she's pretty much got the choice of help him try yeah. and get down, or take well. his gun. and let him get eaten and i'm like whoa
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i I thought that was i I, I laughed at that as well and also it was interesting because again they they're almost more villainous than you know um the villains that you get in in the Jurassic park films you know no one is really that evil to that level but you know um in this kid show you know you essentially are watching the definition of evil, you know? And I mean, to the point where they're just even willing to screw over each other, like the cl- people closest to them, which was, uh, yeah, it was quite, um, quite funny. Uh, but you know, you're also relieved once they get eaten as well. Cause like, all right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there were, it was, you know, again, but that's kind of one of the surprising things about this season that like, again, you don't, you, you realize that uh, once you realize that they're evil, it's like, okay, yeah, they're evil, but actually they're like, they end up just getting colder and colder, like up until the point where they get eaten. And you know, by that point, you're like, ah, just do away with them already. Like, there's no redeeming features for them, just eat them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you cheering for the Indominus Rex. You know? <laughs> like they what... go
0: evil really quickly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so it was, um, interesting, it, it, you know, again, like, but. The, what I, I, again? What, one of the big things which I liked about the second season, once you kind of come to terms with the fact that like the kids aren't getting off the island, is is how different the second season is to the first one. I mean, obviously it was going to be different, but it's um, I mean there are I mean all the kind of elements of the um, you know the camp counselors and the the in the in gen kind of infrastructure are completely gone, uh, which is kind of surprising as well because again like you know the fact that they <laughs> I said kind of um, earlier, the fact that they have six kids on an island stranded, and just no one cares it's it's like on on one you know, one hand you're like, how is that possible but then on the other hand, who the hell wants to go back to an island filled with dinosaurs where there's just been a massive tragedy, and everyone's you know fleed you know in uh, in panic so you know you're not you're not too surprised, but then you know it, it, having this kind of i mean essentially relying on, on mainly on on the six main characters i think that what's kind of interesting about the second season is that that's the source of the writing but it it pulls it off in a way where as i said you know you, you they develop as as friends they develop as characters massively um and you you endear to them a lot you know that it 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 was it's an entertaining watch you know it and as you know I, I think it could be with, with certain other series, especially with, when they kind of aim more towards kids uh, as an adult, sometimes you just end up getting fed up with like, kind of like little annoyances or things which are kind of like cheaply written. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've watched Cobra Kai recently, Ben, have you watched it at all? I correct?
0: haven't started it, but it's, it's one of those things which is kind of on a watch list. Cause I know people, I keep hearing that it's really, really good. Mm. And I remember watching the first couple of episodes of when YouTube, I think, first released yeah. it a few years yeah, ago. Yeah. And I think the first couple of episodes are free, and then you had to subscribe oh. to the YouTube YouTube streaming service, which I don't know if that ever really took off. Um, which is maybe why Cobra Kai is now on Netflix. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't watched any more than that. I mean, but a lot of people no. say it. So, th- right?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the reason I bring it up in comparison to this is because. So they've just released the third season of Cobra Kai. And I really liked the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. I really thought they were good. And actually, I found season three more aimed at a younger audience, but actually in a way that the writing scenarios and characters kind of fall short in comparison to how they set up in the, in the previous two seasons. And the previous two seasons, it's much more like, believable and actually in the third season I just found some of the main characters like annoying in the things that they do because they just they become more kiddy and more petty in comparison to how they were in the first two seasons and there were a point, you know and I'm a big fan of Karate Kid, you know the films and the series and now these series as well and I, I was kind of disappointed with like a lot of the elements in season three because of those child friendly setups that they bring into it and and and, and also the, the kind of attitudes that the kids have between each other so like essentially what i'm saying you know in relation to kind of you know camp cretaceous is that it's easy for even big franchises with live action kind of you know um or live action franchises and, and big series like that like cobra kai to fall down from a writing perspective or kind of like an, a clunky acting perspective and you know in season three and and make it like almost too child friendly to the point where you're you're you kind of rolling your eyes at points, and oh, I mean, there were really some points in the, in the third season where I was like, Would the characters do that? Would they would They be that petty? Would they be, you know, like we in season two, they weren't like that. Why are they kind of doing it now, you know? Um, that was one of the kind of failings for me. So, but then in you know, with Camp, comparing it to Camp Cretaceous, I mean, you know, season two feels much more, um, like the kind of like. Uh, well i mean let's hope that this, the third season of camp Cretaceous doesn't go down the way of cobra kai where it becomes more kid friendly i mean and and kind of tramples on all the progress that you get from season 2 and in the way that season 2 builds out um the characters the scenarios and and grows them you know um because as i said it mainly relies on the main six characters for the story and for you know the 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 story arc generally um and i think i just found that over season 2 they it delivered it well it, it delivered um a lot of that are kind of in a believable way in uh a well-written way um and you know i mean we only get like three new characters but it it kind of evolves the dynamic of the group and 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 moves it along in a a different direction to the first series and yeah and overall it's just much it's very entertaining you know it, it develops into you know as we said like at the beginning of season one, you feel that it's like a kid show in the first kind of three episodes, and it, the way that it sets up. Um, but then, midway through season season one, it, it takes that dive into the sort of serious and action packed aspect. And season two, you know, picks up, picks that up, and runs with it. Really, so yeah, it was uh, you know credit to them for kind of going in that direction and not making it kind of too child friendly and and sort of just cheap in a way you know that the writing is it, it, it's maintained i suppose and also like the dino, dinosaur animation you, you know we get more dinosaurs and the, you know the, it's just as action-packed and you know and and the animation is detailed and nice and yeah and it's, it's it's a thrilling it's a thrilling watch really overall
0: yeah there's something that can easily sometimes be looked over and that's the fact that you have six characters where a couple of these characters or even a few of them can could easily become annoying characters, if not written well in the situations and scenarios they face and how they deal with them. And every single character has a trait in them that can kind of grind you to a certain extent, but they all have redeeming qualities and not just having redeeming qualities because of the way it's written they all have a situation where they can redeem themselves and show their value to the group and why whatever they've brought to a certain situation is one of the reasons that they're still around to be running and trying to survive. Yeah. So that's, that, that's a really big element. And like you were saying there, I think that's the big winner here for Camp Cretaceous is the writing. The writing is the big winner. The animation is great. The setting is great. The way it ties into the Jurassic World movies is great. So it's all thoroughly entertaining within that aspect. So it doesn't lose anything by being an animation set in this Jurassic World, in Jurassic World universe. But the writing allows it to be an entertaining show. So when we come to the end of season two, and we have a scenario where the kids are obviously still going to be on the island, it doesn't feel at any point that you're like, okay, another series of them in the island, is that going to be hard to keep entertaining? Because the the way they've dealt with it for 16 episodes already, I can see it pretty much being a breeze in keeping this entertaining. And of course, we get the big cliffhanger at the third, Mm -hmm. so they discover there's loads of tunnels underneath the islands, uh, underneath the whole island, which connects the park, and it's pretty much, I think, how a lot of theme parks run, actually. And I noticed how the Disney parks run for getting people from one side to the next. But there's loads of like speakers and cameras, obviously, everywhere. And they learn how to use, get access to all these to help them out with certain situations. And we go from that to, I think, a power failure or they cut the power and they reboot the power. Classic Jurassic Park move. Yeah. <laughs> Always cut the power, reboot the power. Um, but that power and power ends up releasing or i think releasing or at least turning the power off to some sort of evil dinosaur Yeah, another indominus part two or a more vicious verse but that it brings in it's so horror in the way that part and that element is brought in that keeps you thoroughly gripped isn't it and wanting for me season three This is about as much horror as I can take in animated form. (laughs) Take it into the real life, and I'm not so not so confident. But in animated form, that's what kind of gears you up for. I'm fully prepared for whatever's behind this door. For them to be running from just this one dinosaur for eight episodes, because it's all so well written. Once again, this is the writing. This is the thing that gels this whole two seasons of this series together the writing makes it so enjoyable and you wanting to come back again yeah. and again and again to watch the episodes and come back again to watch season 3
1: yeah yeah absolutely and I'm, I'm yeah I'm curious as well to see what like direction season 3 will take I mean um, you know we've we the first two seasons have really kind of established the characters well and and they're set up now. And as you said as well, there's kind of what four years until um, Fallen Kingdom film. So
0: I feel you're a best part of maybe three to four months, maybe three months or so has passed after two seasons. That's I, th- I feel that's where you kind of, where we're sitting and timeline way of things.
1: Actually, I was so, uh, what the second, this second season in comparison to the first.
0: In, in terms of yes, in terms of the second season jumps a lot further in time because a few episodes in they go back to their own camp, they try and rebuild the camp, yeah, and that's before
1: so I think they were scratching off some days on then I was they I were was,
0: scratching uh, off some days on the wall, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it was probably about a couple of months or so worth
1: i think I think it was actually just over a month, so I think you were right earlier when you said it was like it was about a, a month and a week or something like that, so. Because i yeah I was I, but I was just, but the, you know, but that's from the point that they're making that camp, so it might be actually a couple of months to be honest, you know yeah. like from when they actually were left on the island and then formed it, so um but yeah, it's uh I mean, depending on yeah you know, i i'm gonna you know i i'm I wanna wait until season three and see what direction they do take it in, because if it you know, as I said, like a show like Cobra Cry, which is bloody great um overall. But like seeing how like you know elements of season three started falling down, um, you know I want to see it with Camp Cretaceous like because we it, it has been to a, a you know a high quality kind of across the two seasons, you know what they do with season three and and yeah and bringing kind of another dinosaur. I mean I'm kind of glad that they do because you know why not you know it, it's it's that element of Jurassic World that you know they 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 were always doing bigger and better things and why not have a kind of crazy dinosaur that's now. Really hungry because it's being abandoned, (laughs) and then you know, is able to get free because of uh, a power failure, which is expected on this island. So it's, um, yeah, you know, let's see what they do with it. Um, but you know, I mean, ultimately, if they keep the kind of same setup in terms of production and uh, and writers, um, I saw at the beginning of this episode, I think they're mainly written by someone called Josie Campbell, don't know who that is. Keep up the great work, Josie. Because <laughs> honestly, it's, it's, it's bring Josie back for season three. Um, because that's uh, you know that's what is making this show so watchable um, and the characters so believable. And so you know, yeah, let's, I'm, I'm curious to see what they'll do. I mean, what do you reckon they'll do with season three? Do you reckon we'll get, get kind of more of a a culmination of um, Indominus Rex and you know the Mosasaurus kind of clashing with this new dinosaur and things like that, or? more character development i mean i what do you reckon
0: i think i think we're going to get clashes with this new dinosaur i think that's going to be an underlining storyline which goes throughout maybe the entirety of the third season i think you're going to get an attempt at leaving the island that they've created but i don't feel that they're going to make it so you're either going to get shipwrecked back on this island at a different point or placement of the island, or they're going to get shipwrecked on another island, which also has dinosaurs on it. (laughs) So all there's going to be, I reckon one of the main things that might happen is a separation of the group. Uh, They've been very much together. So to pull extra strain on everything that's been happening, I think you're going to get a separation of the group. And I think that's what's going to, test everybody's resilience to a new level yeah now, that, i feel that's what kind of i would like to see not for the whole entire arc but it might be interesting to like a couple of episodes of them kind of in two different directions
1: i wonder if we'll uh, see kenji's penthouse
0: <laughs> i'm waiting for kenji's penthouse i want to see kenji's penthouse
1: <laughs> talk up, like all you know the, how rich he is and things like that i mean the penthouse is probably going to take up like a fairly big chunk of the island you know be yeah. stuffed up with satellite phones and food and <laughs> like, all the things they need to get off but it's um well yeah we'll we'll see you know i'm i'm It'd be interesting to see that kind of side, you know, the other VIP side of, you know, what um, Jurassic World was planning before. It fell to its almost inevitable destiny. I mean, <laughs> I have to say, it's it's funny to see, you know, it, one of the things which I find kind of funny with the whole Camp Cretaceous thing is, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> it's just hilarious how they thought that, you know, having a kid's camp on the Dinosaur Island, you know, after everything that happens with, Jurassic Park, you know, one and the Lost World and Jurassic Park three. Uh,
0: like that. Well, well, remember, they don't exist now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. So,
0: Lost World and Jurassic Park three technically don't exist in the new timeline, even though they exist to everyone else. But in the new timeline, it goes Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom.
1: Yeah. So, but, you know, even with that, it's, it's, just the idea of, you know, putting kids on an island with, you know, dinosaurs <laughs> or like newly developed kind of dinosaurs. And, uh, yeah, it's just quite a funny sort of concept, <laughs> like, you know, perhaps not the greatest idea, but, you know, but I mean, that aside it is, you know, the way that it's written and everything, it, it, I mean, you believe it, you know, it, and also knowing Jurassic world and the kind of, <laughs> the uh, assumptions that the creators there kind of took with everything that they created and did, you know, putting kids on the island. No. Yeah. You know, you're not surprised actually, you know, with, you know, Ms. Rani and how, you know, how ballsy he is, even like, you know, piloting his own helicopter, which ends up in <laughs> with his death. Um, so yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of kind of <laughs> things that, you know, wouldn't surprise but yeah i mean with season two I'm, I'm i'm curious to see what they'll do um yeah maybe they'll try and build a boat and try and get off and then end up on another island which is just even worse <laughs> but then they'll have all the skills by that point to to battle those things but um and also ben because you know ben is now a certified badass and and dinosaur kind of battler um as well as bumpy as well i i, I like the relationship ben has with bumpy i think that's quite funny um and also the way that you know how Bumpy proves to be you know an an asset to the their survival.
0: Well now he's grown into like a full on yeah, <laughs> gigantic beast. dinosaur yeah. beast. So yeah. It's um
1: so yeah, I mean yeah, if yeah, it's it's an interesting I um um you know, let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes.
0: Um o- overall I'm just I'm very much happy for any Jurassic content coming our way. Um I'm very, very excited about Dominion. It's almost like Jurassic's version of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> bringing all the original cast back, I'm trying to make it all work, but I have faith in them. And as I know, I think I saw from a, a statement that they put out the other day, and I don't know who, in a sense, is probably like a studio head, but in terms of like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion is the end to that chapter of storytelling. But I feel that they want to do so much more and they should, they really, really should because there's a lot of love for the Jurassic films and I feel there always will be. And if you're bringing out a Jurassic film once every, I don't know, two to four years, there's always going to be an audience. There's always going to be an audience. And if you really think about it, I just, feel there's so many more stories to be told i
1: i agree but i do think there are limitations with um some of the filmmaking aspects i mean i I, like i said like I, i like with um the jurassic world films the first one i had some pretty serious reservations with it i actually thought fallen kingdom was a better film um overall even though it's rated worse than the first one i i preferred it um it's more of a
0: horror film, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of more just real in some ways. I, I just felt the first one, the you know, like you know, with the with the kids, kind of their relationship. I mean, that I just didn't like at all. I, I, you know, there was some really painfully obvious, like product placements in the film that felt a little bit, a bit cringeworthy. Um, You're not
0: talking about the bottle of coca-cola and fixing the motorbike I mean, are
1: you? <laughs> i mean there's the bottle of coke there's the mercedes sign like kind of from a jeep like rolls right up into your face there's you know the kids listening to his apple phone and that's like clearly displayed i mean there was some really like uh, like things that you're like okay we get it you know in starbucks you know in in the in the park that's completely destroyed but the the logo is you know fully visible like the dinosaur clearly has you know, no issue with taking out the Starbucks coffee, you know, like, I don't know if it's a fan or something, <laughs> Maybe they, you know, they spelled its name right or something, but you know, it's, um, they just
0: needed their coffee here. did they, I don't think they wanted to, um, <laughs> stop that from happening in any way. So they just needed, yeah. to, it was in their dino contract that you needed to keep Starbucks safe.
1: Yeah. But so, so I had reservations with the, the first, uh, Jurassic world, not, you know, but obviously I will obviously watch the third film because like, you know, l- like you, Ben, I'm I'm a big fan of the franchise. Um, the, I mean, particularly the older films, and I love dinosaur action. Anyway, big monster action is always, you know, up my street. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I will watch the third film. But you know, as as we've discussed, with you know, um, on this episode, a Jurassic world or Jurassic series of sorts, you know, that would be something I'd definitely be open to. You know, um, a live action one, um you know, I mean, because we've already got this series, but a live action series would be, would be great. And, you know, and I mean, like we've mentioned, it would be a a real opportunity for them to develop either kind of uh, concepts or dinosaurs and characters properly without feeling that they have to kind of do it all within like a two hour frame, you know, like by stretching it out to, um, you know, slightly longer through a series, it just allows them to just have, kind of more quality content i think that's the way so many things are going these days like that series are actually proving to be um you know really handy for taking a storyline and then developing it into a way where just new new storylines are you know they're they're given time to sort of breathe and and develop and and become their own thing um rather than just like having in you know kind of gambling it all on a on a on a film you know like, you know, like with Star Wars in, in, in lots of ways, in, with the new kind of trilogy that I felt that they, there was a lot of pressure on them to deliver it in so many different ways, uh, to, you know, that it, it, it kind of crumbles under its own, that, that pressure, Where whereas then you get something like Mandalorian, where it's just kind of, you know, completely original series and based on, on those, you know, so many familiar elements that we love. But then because it is a series and because it's own individual thing, it, it it develops into like something spectacular because of it being it, you know, because of that breathing space and that sort of fr- you know, creative freedom that the writers also have, you know, in, in terms of a love franchise. And so, yeah, uh, you know, a drastic, you know, live action series would be, um, yeah, would be great. You know, I mean, that, that's what I, I'd kind of like hope that they do in the future. I mean, as I said, I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch the third film and, and give my honest critique, you know, at the time. But, um, yeah, he's hoping for a series.
0: Hey man, you can always have like a couple of people trapped in a house with a dinosaur, can't you, for an hour and a half?
1: Well <laughs> <So, like, laughs> it's like <laughs> the um
0: there's there's a couple of famous films like that, isn't there? Isn't there one with a tiger? I feel that there's one with a tiger and then there's another one of recent Crawl which is um with two Alligators or crocodiles in the house?
1: Yeah, in the flooded house. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I
0: actually, I was gonna. Especially if you get some some of those cheeky Velociraptors with their door handling skills.
1: (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe it's like maybe they've domesticated themselves and they're going, you know, they're going in and out the house houses because they're able to use you know handles. So that can be a fun surreal concept. Yeah. (laughs) At home with the Velociraptors. What's with <laughs> dinner here? Like, I don't know, we ate all the kids,
0: so... <laughs> Jurassic Presents Home Alone <laughs> <laughs> The Rex series <laughs> It's just like a kid left at home at Christmas, but accidentally with a velociraptor as well
1: Home <laughs> yeah, Alone 2 Lost in the Lost World <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, guys... Sign us up with these writing ideas right now. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> give us a hundred million, no, hundred fifty million, just to make sure. Yeah, come on, and we cover off you as well. You know, <laughs> we deliver you the best four episode long live action Jurassic series, Home Alone series. <laughs> Jurassic. <Park. laughs> oh
1: god, that'll be funny.
0: Well, it's you know, I just feel that whilst there's so much content out there if you're in any way a fan of jurassic then you should 110 percent watch these series because it's just it's just real good fun it's real good fun without having any of the pressures it's not trying to be a film it's not trying to win any oscars it's just sit down have a good laugh yeah. eight episodes a season, so I'm thoroughly looking forward to the third season. Once again, turnaround between these two seasons was four months. I can't imagine it's going to be a four-month turnaround to season three, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got season three in September, which is when season one launched. Oh. So it'd be interesting to see, but I'm thoroughly up for, you know, some more adventures on Island Nubla being chased by dinosaurs and possibly getting eaten at the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the Force be with you.